Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks and streamers, but never produced, and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. It is day one million and something of the writer's strike. I don't have anything particularly revelatory to say about it, other than, you know, the energy on the picket lines is still pretty amazing. God bless all of those strike captains. They're incredible. And uh, the guild and the companies are talking. That's better than the opposite. You know, someday this war is going to end. In the meantime, our dead pilot this month is pretty. Written by returning dead pilot society writer Lindsay Craft, With a story by Santina Muha, Lindsay Craft, and Andrew Leeds. Lindsay and Andrew were two of the three writers on our episode 112 pilot, Thrupple. Santina Muha is a comedian, an actor, and public speaker, and activist. Since she was in a car accident at the age of five, Santina has used a wheelchair. And the pilot centers on a character very much inspired by her. She read the lead. In fact, all of the creators had roles in this read. Uh, because of the SAG strike, I'm not listing credits for anyone, but our cast was Santina, Lindsay, Andrew, Justina Machado, Tim Sharp, Oscar Montoya, Sid Steinberg, and our very own Noah Finling. This is such a sweet, fun show. Santina is amazing. My interview with her uh, and Lindsay and Andrew, which you can listen to next week, it's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. She's an incredible person. I'm so uh, happy to have gotten to know her and to have gotten to do a read of this pilot, which I wish was on TV. You know, drop your cynicism for a bit and enjoy an uplifting, joyful, romantic show. This is Pretty, the pilot episode. You gotta start somewhere after a brief message. I'm Ify Wadiway, the host of Maximum Film. I'm Alonzo Duralde, also the host of Maximum Film. And I'm Drea Clark, yet another host of Maximum Film. Every week, we host Huddle Up. Usually with an illustrious guest. And we talk about films. We have film news. We have film quizzes. We answer your film questions. It's like the maximum amount of film talk. That's why we call it Maximum, maximum Film! film. Film. <laughs> maximum Film, the movie podcast that's not just a bunch of straight white guys. New episodes weekly on MaximumFun.org. Okay, I'm here with Santina Muha and Lindsay Craft and Andrew Leeds. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. So we're going to be reading the pilot you all made together pretty. So Santina, do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about what we're about to hear? Sure. Uh you know, Lindsay and I met in, and Andrew, they had already known each other. So the three of us got together doing comedy and then also just becoming friends. And we'd be out and about and Lindsay would just see how many weird, crazy things would happen to me in just in the world. I mean, and I, yes, I use a wheelchair and she just couldn't believe how many people treated it like a brand new thing like they've never heard of or seen like I was riding around in a spaceship <laughs> or something and I'm like yeah this is my life so uh we said well we got to do something with this and um so this story started out you know as many sort of pilots do very close to my life and then sort of as as we rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it 
it gets a little bit further and further away. But most of these things are as wild as they seem, pretty much based in reality. And um and it, it was just it's very it was very fun working with Lindsay and Andrew. And um, you know how it goes. We wanted to make it. We didn't. <laughs> so we're doing this. <laughs> but uh we we, we know how that goes. Know. Where was this sold? Where was it set up? Uh through Warner Brothers and then to CBS. All right. Um yeah. Well, good. I didn't want to hear from you, Lindsay and Andrew, anyway. All right. We're going we're gonna to just read this pilot. Thank you, Santina. This is Pretty, the pilot, You Gotta Start Somewhere, written by Lindsay Craft, story by Lindsay Craft, Santina Muha, and Andrew Leeds. It's the cold open. Music cue, Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. We're in an airplane. We push down the aisle past a sea of passengers until something catches our eye. That something is a beautiful woman wearing earphones, grooving to the music. There's a certain kind of person who can change the mood of a room just by coming into it. That's Isabella. And we're not the only ones who noticed her just now. The frat guy in the window seat is waking up. Whoa. When did you get here? I'm guessing right after you were out for a five-hour nap. Yeah, I was hoping to knock me out for the whole flight. I'm not a good flyer. Just then, there's a small bump of turbulence. The frat guy immediately grips onto the armrest. Don't worry, we're fine. Cameron Diaz is on this flight, and there's no way Cameron Diaz is dying today. She's She still has to make a comeback. The frat guy lets out a nervous chuckle. Hey, would you mind pressing the call button for me? Um, okay, sure. He's not sure why she can't do it herself, but he reaches up and presses it. Suddenly, there are a few more very minor bumps. The frat guy tightens his seatbelt and regrips the armrests. Isabella feels for him and tries to take his mind off of it. So do you live in L.A.? Or He doesn't reply. Isabella's calming, bright instincts kick in. Oh, me? Do I live in L.A.? I mean, I do, starting today. I left my family and friends, my ex-boyfriend, my favorite Italian restaurant, all back in Jersey. Why would I do that? Oh, well, because I want to be the next Oprah. Yeah, no, I hear you. That does sound crazy. She's Oprah. I just mean that she changed the way people think, and she inspired me. And I think maybe I could do that, too. Isabella notices his grip starting to loosen. How does one even get that job? That's a really great question. I actually have an interview to work at her network. It would just be like an entry-level thing, but you got to start somewhere, right? The frat guy looks over to her. His panic is now gone. Feel better? Somehow I do. Thanks for that. Just then a flight attendant wheels up a portable wheelchair. As, Ilabe as Isabella gracefully moves herself into the chair, the frat guy watches in shock. He had no idea she uses a wheelchair. And for what it's worth, I don't think it's that crazy. You'd make a great next Oprah. Yeah, the competition better watch out. I mean, who else comes with their own chair? Isabella puts on her headphones and walking on sunshine kicks back in. As the flight attendant wheels Isabella down the aisle, everyone stares. But Isabella lightens the mood like she always does by starting to wave as if she's in a beauty pageant. Suddenly people are smiling and waving back as the song comes to its triumphant end. And don't it feel good? Cut to title card, <laughs> pretty. And that's the end of the cold open. Act one, we're in the living room, quick cuts of Isabella getting ready for work, putting on mascara, throwing some Laffy Taffy into the purse on her lap, grabbing her jacket. She's almost out when she wheels back for the Purell on the kitchen counter. Her phone rings. It's a FaceTime from Kenny. Kenny? She answers hesitantly. 
Hello. Oh, hello. Yeah, hello. Pretty sure you called me, Kenny. Oh, uh, it must have been a pocket dial. Kenny has never told a lie successfully in his life. He's a sweet, loyal, complacent guy who tries hard to make it seem like he has it all figured out. He has nothing figured out. So your mom told me that you moved to Los Angeles? Why didn't you let me know? Because we broke up six months ago. Remember our agreement, no talking? Yeah, but it's common courtesy to let your ex know if you move. I never heard of that courtesy. I have to get to work. You're going in my bag. She drops the phone into her purse as she wheels into the hallway. Work? Oh my God, did you already get a job at a TV station? Yeah, I have my own talk show. Turn on Channel 4. Wait, are you kidding? Of course, I'm kidding. Hey, that's not funny. I got so excited just now. Oh, sorry. No, I transferred to the Sephora out here. Isabella turns a corner and comes face to face with a big bag of trash blocking her exit. Oh, shoot. I really got to go now. I love you. I mean, ugh. all right. Bye. Wait, wait, wait. Did, what did you, did you just say? Oops. Isabella quickly hangs up. She then tries to move the trash, but there's no way. She knocks on the door beside it. In Melody's apartment, against the inside of the door, we see Melody, 32, a nonlinear thinker, smarter than she seems. She's a curious, kind, generous, delightful misreader of social cues with a wardrobe of odd pieces that somehow work well together. The camera spins to reveal that Melody is actually upside down in a handstand. She's jostled by the knock and falls. She opens the door to find Isabella. Hi. Hi. I just moved in down the hall. And uh, is this your trash? Oh, God, I'm so sorry. It just like smelled. It smelled so bad. So I just. Melody hauls the trash bag back into her place. Oh, uh, but weren't you planning on taking it to the dumpster? Planning on it for sure. Yeah. My boyfriend broke up with me last week and he was in charge of the trash and everything else for the last five years. And I know I'm smiling, but that's just what my face does. <laughs> well, at least you have great teeth. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I had braces for nine years. So how come you're in a wheelchair? <laughs> okay. I usually wait until I know someone's name before I get into that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I felt like we were bonding. I'm Melody. I'm Isabella. And there's an awkward beat of nodding. Right. Okay. Car accident when I was six. Whoa. Crazy. The world is crazy. Isn't this crazy? Oh, nice cup holder, by the way. That's like a neat add-on. Oh, thank you. It's custom. Anyways, I got to get to work, but it was great meeting you, neighbor. You too, neighbor. It's hmm. so nice that my trash could, you know, bring us together. <laughs> And we cut to the Century City Mall, where Isabella happily wheels down the flat, wide, wheelchair-friendly walkways, when, out of nowhere, a fabulous man, 35, dressed in a black shirt and pants, heels and lipstick, takes the handles of her wheelchair and starts pushing. Isabella is flabbergasted. Don't worry, girl, I got you. You got what? Now? What are you doing? I'm doing you a favor, honey. That glorious hair tells me you've worked hard enough this morning. I'm sorry, but would you just, like, pick up a woman who was walking around and start carrying her? I have, and I will again. Now, where are we going? Isabella's phone buzzes. As she gets it out, she gives in. Sephora, please, and no sudden stops. And please, don't try anything fancy. Sephora? That, that's where I'm headed. Ooh, she writes smooth. Yes, she does. Isabella looks at her phone. We hear her text exchange with Kenny. I love you too. 
Thanks, but that just slipped out before. We should probably go back to not talking. Interesting idea. Let's keep talking about it. I'm serious. We both need to move on. Heart emoji. That heart emoji might be a little confusing. I'm just saying. Hey, yeah. I said you could push me. I didn't say you could read my text. But yeah, I know that heart emoji, that heart was a mistake. They arrive at Sephora. Isabella turns around to see the fabulous man. Sephora name tag. It says Howard. Oh, you're Howard. You're my new manager. <gasps> that must make you Isabella. <laughs> Corporate never mentioned you were, you know, so pretty. Well, they never mentioned you were, you know, so fabulous. And we're in the Sephora later. Isabella is in front of the makeup mirror where she's applying lipstick to a woman in her 50s. Sometimes a color like this is just what you need. I know some people feel like they don't have the confidence to wear it, but confidence is what you get when you're wearing it. And the best part is nobody needs to know which came first. An aisle away, a cute, scruffy guy browses while stealing glances at Isabella. This is Jason, 30, a neurotic band geek turned neurotic rock musician who shouldn't have a tattoo, but does. Howard sneaks up behind him. Want me to make an introduction? I what? An introduction? An introduction? Why would you? I don't. What? Oh, baby, please. I see you looking. But a word of advice. Don't push that chair without asking. She is not easy like that. <laughs> and we're back on Isabella as she turns the woman to face the mirror. Look, it doesn't matter what I think. What matters is how it makes you feel, because that's what we really see. It's what on the in it's what's on the inside. That's where the pretty is. And I see someone who must be feeling great because you look amazing. I love it. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> the woman smiles gratefully, taking the lipstick as she heads off. Howard leads Jason over to Isabella. Isabella, my friend Jason. He's a cheese sommelier next door at Italy. Oh, it's, it's my day job. Howard's a big fan of our free samples. He doesn't realize, but sometimes it's enough for an entire meal. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I realize, and so does my manager, who is not a fan. I don't need him to be a fan, honey. I just eat my cheese. Howard goes on his way, and Jason turns back to Isabella. That was really uh, that was really impressive, the way you helped that woman. Yeah, she has her college reunion. Wanted to play it safe with a barely there gloss, but I didn't want her to limit herself like that. So, how can I help you? Oh, I, uh, I need a birthday gift for my mom. Um, and what does she look like? She's basically me, but with longer. She's basically me. In that case, have a seat. Isabella goes to put eyeshadow on him. He flinches. Oh, wait. I'm I, sorry. I don't think. I mean, let's maybe not. Uh, I mean, let's, no. let's. What's the matter? Are you scared of a little eyeshadow? Honestly, terrified. <laughs> they both share a laugh. Then she takes his hand and starts applying the eyeshadow to the side of his index finger. So, Jason, what's your not day job? Oh, uh, a singer songwriter. I mostly perform at this place called uh, my living room. <laughs> I mostly work out of my living room too. I know it's a long ways off, but I'm trying to be a talk show host. So far, I've interviewed my mom and a spoon. Jason laughs. Isabella moves his hand up so that his eyeshadowed index finger is now covering his eyelid. So, what do you think? My God, I'm beautiful. <laughs> She's completely charmed, and so is he. Later that night, in Isabella's apartment, she's cooking and talking on speakerphone with her mom. I don't know what kinds of songs he sings, Ma. But he's cute. How tall is he? I don't know. I didn't measure. 
There's a knock. Isabella heads for the front door. When's your big Oprah interview? Tomorrow? Are you nervous? Yes. No. All right. I got to go. I love you. Call me after the interview. <laughs> Isabella hangs up and opens the door, revealing Melody holding a bottle of wine. I just wanted to officially welcome you and to say thank you for inspiring me to like take out the trash. That's so unnecessary, but I am glad you got it out of there. Yeah. Only now there's there's like more. This trash thing, it's like a vicious cycle. <laughs> In the living room later, Isabella sits on her couch. The remnants of dinner rest on the coffee table. Melody is doing the yoga pose, warrior two. Yeah, Kenny and I were together almost three years. What happened? Nothing happened. That was the problem. Nothing ever happened. I mean, Kenny's great. Everybody loves Kenny. But he doesn't really have any goals or dreams, so we just kind of like sat there. He has a job, though, right? Yeah, Hertz rents a car. But he literally took all the money he saved and spent it on a $4,000 couch because he thought it would make him better at video games. <laughs> He's just... <sighs> Kenny's irresponsible, and we fought about it constantly. Man, I love the name Lenny. No, oh, his name is actually Kenny. No, no, I know. I was just saying, like, I love the name Lenny. <laughs> Isabella laughs as Melody moves into crow's pose. So, you know, it's really, it's just tough. It's impossible when people want such different things. Yeah, the worst part is that he's actually a great guy. And he was really mm -hmm. good to me. It's just he wasn't good for me. Yeah, I'm starting to think that's how it was with Matt, too. He took care of everything for us. And so now I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> Did he support you financially, too? No, no. I make money lady-sitting. It's like babysitting, but for old ladies. Oh, that sounds like a pretty sweet gig. Totally. Until they die. You know, then it's sad. And she <laughs> transitions into a headstand. But what's even sadder is that now I can't fix my internet or get sound to come out of my TV or set the clock in my car. Well, you can clearly do yoga. You're like an expert at that. Oh, my God. You do really think so? That's so nice. Yeah, I, you know, I always wanted to have my own yoga studio, but now I just don't even know. It's like I became so reliant on Matt that I honestly don't even know who I am anymore. It's like I can't figure me out. Ugh, can't is so dumb. I don't do can't. I can't do can't. I just can't. Do you think you're this way because you had to overcome so much? <laughs> no. no, I was always a pushy bitch. I'm from Jersey. <laughs> In, in Sephora the next day, Howard is doing Isabella's makeup. So, when you become the next Oprah, who's going to be your Gail and who's going to be your Stedman? <laughs> Let's slow it down a little. The job is basically getting coffee. Mm -mm, the correct answer was Howard. <laughs> then you can support me while I pursue my dreams. You know I'm also a magician and a drag queen. Wow, you have two not-day jobs. No, it's just one. I'm a dra dragician. They call me Dragic. Oh, that's fun. Where do you perform? <gasps> Tonight, 11.30 at the Abbey. Bring 20 of your closest friends and or strangers. A smiling Jason arrives holding a small white shopping bag. So my mom loved the eyeshadow. Oh, really? That's great. So what, did you come back to get some for yourself? <laughs> no, I just, um, I just, this is for you. It's cheese to say thank you. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, but I can't hold on to it right now. I have a big interview in an hour. <gasps> Free cheese? Don't mind if I do. 
Howard grabs onto the bag, but Jason doesn't let go. Or I can hold on to it and we can, I don't eat it together. Maybe like tonight. Sensing what's going on, Howard finally lets go. Okay. Where would we eat it? You know, I've always thought the world needed a restaurant that lets you bring your own cheese. That's a terrible idea. Nobody needs that restaurant. Um, I mean, we could maybe eat it at my place, just like a casual thing, you know? Oh, yeah, casual. I love casual. Or is that weird? That That's weird. Is it it's weird? No. no, it's not weird. It's, it's casual. Let's do it. It's casual. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, except right, I actually can't tonight because I'm going to see Howard's drag show. Oh, not anymore, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, ooh, I just checked my phone. It's sold out. Mm-hmm. Should have brought them early. Mm. <laughs> Howard snaps and walks off. Isabella takes out her phone and turns back to Jason with a smile, ready to type. Okay, so exactly where am I going tonight? Uh, 445 North Spitzer, uh, first floor, apartment three. Awesome. See you at eight-ish? Yes, and kick ass on the interview. As Jason heads out, Howard saunters back over to Isabella. No need to thank me, but if you want to, I do love anything cashmere. Isabella! Isabella turns around. It's Kenny. Kenny! Dang, girl, you got them coming and going. As Isabella tries to process Kenny's arrival, we cut to black, and that's the end of Act One. This episode of Dead Pilot Society is brought to you by Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. Let it sink in. You have to understand how convenient that makes Wild Grain. You don't have to plan ahead and take anything out of the freezer. You just pop it right in the oven and it comes out perfectly. One of the things I love about Wild Grain is how customizable it is. I've got a box coming this week, so I threw some apple pie bites in there. It's a seasonal item. They look really good. Uh, They're going to send me some brioche rolls in my box, and their brioche rolls are fantastic. But I've still got a pack in the freezer, so I substituted uh, some wood-fired bagels instead. I haven't tried those yet. It's so easy, and I have not had anything bad from Wild Grain yet. Like I said, you can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries that you like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash deadpilots to start your subscription. That's wildgrain.com slash deadpilots. If you need a laugh and you're on the go, try S-T-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I. Hmm. Are you trying to put the name of the podcast there? Yeah, I'm trying to spell it, but it's tricky. Let me give it a try. Okay. If you need a laugh and you're on the go, call S-T-O-P-P-P-A-D. Ah, it'll never fit. No, it will. Let me try. If you need a laugh and you're on the go, try S-T-O-P-P-P-D-C-O-O. Ah, we are so close. Stop podcasting yourself. A podcast from MaximumFun.org. If you need a laugh, and you're on the go. Act two, we're in the Century City Mall. Isabella is wheeling fast. An out-of-breath Kenny tries to keep up. 
Okay, what on earth made you think a surprise visit would be a good idea? Oh, come on. You love a surprise. Yeah, sure. Like a surprise birthday cake or a surprise massage or like a bonus episode of Real Housewives. Not a surprise visit for my ex-boyfriend. Uh, not, not exactly a visit. I moved here. Isabella stopped short in front of a large fountain. You moved? Why did you move here? You You were right. While I do have one of the most comfortable couches in all of America, I need to get off of it and do something with my life. So I <sighs> sold the couch and my Xbox, and I'm going to invest that money into the next big thing. I actually just met this guy in the food court who's about to open an upscale greeting card store. Upscale? What? What makes it upscale? Classier designs, scented envelopes, cutting edge colors, more profound sayings. Should I go on? No, I, I don't even know why I asked. Hey, Siri, uh, text Javier that it's a pass. Don't worry, I, I got some other things cooking. Now, wh where would you even live? I got a room. I got a room. Well, it's actually a pod in a room with 15 people. And you know I can't sleep unless it's on my Sealy Ultra Plush, but I'm doing it. I'm being smarter with my money, more responsible. Okay, we haven't spoken in six months, and now you show up in L.A. right before my interview. And I, I didn't even know about the interview until a few minutes ago. This is a really important day for me. I totally get it. Do your thing. I'll just be here making wishes for you. Oh he pulls God. a large handful of change out of his pocket and throws it into the fountain. Hundreds of wishes. Ugh, you know, I thought you were being smarter with your money. I am. You're the best investment a guy could make. Oh, my God. Stop being so nice to me. I'm trying to yell at you. Isabella just shakes her head at a very sweet, smiling Kenny. <laughs> we cut to OWN in the lobby later. Amongst a group of younger candidates, Isabella sits in her wheelchair, marveling at the fact that she's even here. A few feet away, a millennial girl jabbers on to a millennial guy. And they were totally out of matcha at Starbucks. How are you out of matcha? Like, you have one job. Sell me my matcha. And the thing that gets me is that life is hard enough, you know? So if you have to, if you have, to have matcha, then have the matcha. The receptionist at the front desk calls out. Isabella Moretti. Oh, thank God. Isabella follows the rece receptionist out of the lobby. We're in an office where mid interview, Isabella sits across the desk from a diminutive yet somehow imposing figure named Wanda. This senior VP of production peers over her glasses at Isabella's resume. Uh, so it says here that you assisted the host of The Late Show. What was it like working with Mr. Colbert? Oh, uh, no, not The Late Show. See, it's the extra T in there. It's The Latte Show. So I didn't work with Stephen Colbert. But, you know, I do hear great things. The, okay, well, can I even watch the latte show on television? Yeah, sure. It's um, does your if your television has the YouTube app, you can watch. On the size, this isn't going to work. Look, I moved to LA because my dream is to have my own talk show, to do what Oprah did and change so you, the world. You're gonna be the next Oprah. <laughs> I mean, not not tomorrow, but you gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, but I do need someone with real production experience. I just need a place to start. 
Wanda stands to end the interview, causing Isabella to instinctually launch into a rousing speech. 17 years ago, 17 years old, Barbara Streisand gets a job in the mailroom of the William Morris Agency. First day, she's doling out mail. Mail for Ed Davis, mail for Bill Morris. They sign her on the spot. Is that true? Sure it is. Or, or how about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? You think someone just came up to her on the street and said, hey, kid, you got what it takes to be an amazing Supreme Court justice? No, no way. No, no, because she went to law school and then she became a lawyer and then she became a judge. That's exactly right. But still, at some point, someone had to give her a chance so that she could one day do amazing things. Just like someone must have done with Wanda Evans. Did you say Wanda Evans? Because I'm Wanda Evans, and I know you didn't just bring me into your speech. No, I did. I did bring you into my speech. And that might have been a mistake. But but, but I did it because I know that you once sat where I'm sitting now with a passion and a dream, just hoping that the person on the other side of the desk would see that you, you were capable of amazing things, too. You know, that's all. It's really very inspiring. But I'm not looking for the next Oprah. I'm not even looking for an assistant. What I'm, I'm actually looking for a second assistant. And I know you're probably thinking, how on earth is this girl in the wheelchair even going to be able to get me my coffee? It did kind of cross my mind. You know, it's not the easiest job for someone in your, your situation. Well, you don't have to worry about that because I'm resourceful and I'm fearless. And because my cappuccino will change your life. Believe it or not, I actually learned a few things working on the latte show. Wanda stares her down for a beat and then... It's good to meet you. We'll let you know. In the lobby a little later, a somewhat defeated Isabella wheels over to the receptionist. Excuse me, where's the restroom? Down the hall, take a right. Uh, then it's a left at the second corridor. Then another left at the water fountain. And then the code is 483712. Jesus, what are you guys protecting in that bathroom? We follow Isabella as she does her best to quickly navigate the long, narrow hallways, dodging people as she goes. At one point, she has to make a three-point turn. Finally, she gets to the door and dials in the code. She really has to go. In the bathroom, Isabella wheels in to find that even though there are many empty stalls, somehow the handicapped one is occupied, and it's clear there's no wheelchair in there. She tries to jam into one of the regular stalls, but it's no use. Nothing seems to be coming easily today. She wheels up to the handicapped stall so the person inside can see her wheels. She then pretends to talk on her phone. Oh, yeah, I'll be out soon. No, I'm just waiting for the handicapped stall. <laughs> No, I'm sure the person in there is handicapped. She has to be. Because why else would she use that stall when there are so many other, other options? No, I know, right? Okay, well, talk to you later. Bye. Isabella backs away and waits. No movement, utter silence. Finally, a toilet flushes and we hear hands being washed. The millennial girl from the lobby walks out. Isabella tries to alleviate any embarrassment this girl feels. Look, I get it. It's way nicer in there. You get your own sink, great square footage. A metal bar for leverage. I mean, it's the dream stall. Sorry, but I literally can't go unless I have a lot of space. The girl's lack of embarrassment catches Isabella off guard, causing a laugh to fall out of her mouth. Oh, literally. Okay. Because I literally can't fit my wheelchair into any of the other stalls. I get that. But isn't it also the case that sometimes there's only one stall and sometimes we all just like have to wait for the restroom? Like that's also the case, correct? 
Okay. What seems to be the case is that I was wrong because a person like you clearly only understands her own needs. And that's actually a pretty big handicap in this world. So it turns out that you were using the right soul after all. My apologies. Isabella smiles with confidence. This actually rattles the girl. She doesn't know what to say, and so she simply leaves. Isabella shakes it off, and as she heads into the stall, she sees someone come out of another stall. It's Wanda. Her face is unreadable. She goes to wash her hands. What else you guys got in that dream stall? Mints and a bottle of CK1? <laughs> Wanda tears off a paper towel and exits, leaving behind Isabella, who is now even more unsure about getting the job. In her apartment later that night, Melody is at the kitchen counter eating cereal from a box. I'm sure it wasn't as bad as you think. I mean, maybe you'll still get it. Isabella wheels in from the bathroom, brushing her teeth. No, she was just not that into me. Maybe it was the wheelchair or maybe it was all of my non-experience. And then the bathroom thing happened. And now she probably just thinks I'm like a pushy bitch from Jersey. But didn't you, didn't you say that you are a pushy bitch from Jersey? Oh, yeah, I'm the pushiest, but she doesn't need to know that. Mm. Finished brushing, mm. Isabella re-enters. Melody is taken aback. Man, you are pretty. You must get that, like, a lot, huh? Yeah, kind of, but it's like, what even is that? What even is that pretty? I mean, why does that matter so much, you know? It's completely out of your control. And I feel like it can mean so many different things, like, Sometimes I think people just say it to me when they don't know what else to say, as if, like, like to make up for the wheelchair, as if it would be any less tragic if I had a unibrow or something. Well, I was saying it in a purely superficial way. Like, you look really hot. Oh, well, then I'll take it. So you think you'll have sex tonight? Melody! Oh, oh, wait. Do you, do you not, do you not have sex or... Yes, I have sex, but I just met this guy and he said it was casual. Actually, my um how how do do you how how do you have sex? How do you have sex? You don't do you do it while you're walking, right? Uh I just mean like can you have an orgasm? Yes, yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's different than yours. Like it's more all over, you know, like it feels like there are gold stars floating like all over my body. Gold stars? It's possible I'm not doing sex right either. <laughs> my life is a disaster. Let me ask you this. What is it that you really want? Because to get what you want, you have to know what you want. I want Matt to come help me figure that out. No, you don't need Matt. This is your time now. Because when things really fall apart, fall apart, that's when there's magic on the horizon. Melody considers this. Then Isabella's phone chimes. Oh, Uber's here. I should get going. Cool. Cereal's all gone anyway. You ate some of this, right? No. Well, that's very upsetting. <laughs> Isabella laughs as Melody double checks the box. In an Uber SUV that night, Isabella rides in the back. She stares out the window, the lights of the city reflecting in her bright eyes. For the first time, we see some doubt in them. Maybe her dream is actually just a fantasy. Her phone buzzes. It's a text from her mom. How was the interview? Isabella sighs, not knowing what to say. She writes, It was great, really great. Isabella turns over her phone, rolls down the window, and breathes in the night air. 
What a day it's been. Good and not so good. It has been a day. But she still has the whole night ahead of her. Her face relaxes into hope as the Uber pulls up near Jason's apartment building. The driver takes Isabella's wheelchair out of the back. Isabella easily puts the wheels back on and moves seamlessly into it. As Isabella checks her makeup and her phone, the Uber drives off. Turns and rolls up to Jason's 1970s era small apartment building. Suddenly, her smile fades. She cannot believe her eyes. Stairs. Four of them. This isn't a building with an elevator, and there's not a ramp in sight. Isabella takes a deep breath. What the hell am I going to do now? And we cut to black. It's the end of Act 2. Act 3. We're outside Jason's apartment building later. 15 minutes later. Isabella continues to look around for an accessible entrance, but there's nothing. Kenny pulls up on a bird scooter. Yeah, I'm so sorry to bother you. Believe me, I wouldn't have, but I didn't have my friend's number. And I hold on. Is this a date? Am I carrying you into a date? No, it's just a casual hang. Kenny grabs the wheelchair handles and effortlessly pulls her up step by step. It's very natural. He's having done this for years. Feels like you lost some weight. Let's talk about my weight, Kenny. But thank you. So, um, when you asked me earlier why I moved here, I, I wasn't as clear as I could have been. I want to get back together. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I'm finally hearing you now, and I'm making changes. And, and I know I never th thought about the future before, but now I am. Look at me. I'm finally done just sitting around. And that's great. And I'm happy for you, but I, I, I can't do this right now. Isabella turns and starts to wheel down the corridor until she is stopped by Kenny's voice. I always knew. Knew what? I always knew when there would be stairs. For all of his shortcomings, Kenny is a really good guy. Isabella gives him a sweet smile and continues on to Jason's. In Jason's living room later, at his piano, Jason plays an original song. It's really good. Isabella sits on the couch. A nearly empty bottle of wine and a cheese plate are on the coffee table. The song finishes. That was so incredible. No, come on. You're just being nice. No, trust me. If I didn't like it, I would have spent something like, wow, that was so incredible. Oh, so the, the more O's, the more you didn't like it. Yeah, exactly. Seriously, though, you're really talented. No, that's, that's, really, that's really nice. Thank you. There's a beat. Jason goes to grab his wine, but really it's just an excuse to sit next to Isabella on the couch. He takes a sip. What do we think of this wine? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I wasn't sure how tonight would go, so I, I broke out the cheap stuff. <laughs> I get that. That's why I came over here in my crap wheelchair. My fancy wheelchair is really only for weddings and award shows. Award shows? Wow. We're thinking ahead, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already decided that instead of a ramp to the stage, uh, I'm going to insist they install one of those electric staircase chairs. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love that. So slow and awkward. That's great. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Me just taking in the applause as I ascend for just like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't know. It just all it all just feels so far away. Like, I wonder if I'll ever get there with my music. You ever feel like giving up? I mean, does that ever cross your mind? No, I can't cross my mind because if I can just get there, I know I could really help people. You know, I know I could make a difference. They're really looking at each other. Isabella sips her wine. Questo vino è molto economico. 
What's that mean? It means this wine is very cheap. <laughs> Jason leans in and kisses her. It goes on for a beat. He puts his hand on her leg, and then suddenly he pulls it away. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Wait, why are you sorry? I just i i uh, i don't i don't know how this like um like so I'm not like I'm not like uh, I'm not sure like I like I know I invited you over and I and I just kissed you and like you really you really are so pretty. I just um. And there's that word, pretty. The wind gets knocked out of her. In that moment, she understands everything. A wounded Isabella tries to let him off the hook. No, I get it. Jersey girls are a lot. She covers with a smile as she moves from the couch into her wheelchair. Jason isn't sure what to say or do. Anyway, uh, it's getting late, so I should probably... She heads for the door. Then she stops suddenly, remembering those friggin' stairs. Yep, this is her life. She turns back. So, yeah, first floor. Uh, It's not exactly on the first floor, huh? Outside Jason's apartment building moments later, an embarrassed Jason has her chair tilted back and is carefully lowering Isabella down the stairs. I'm an idiot. It didn't even occur. I mean, how did you get up? No, it's fine. It's totally fine. Well, can I call you an Uber or like... Isabella reaches the sidewalk, dying to get out of there. No, I'm good from here, really. But thanks for the cheese and the music. And, you know, just have a great night. Yeah, yeah, you you too. Music cue, Capable of Anything by Ben Folds. And with that, Isabella wheels away, leaving Jason to watch. She turns the corner onto Melrose Avenue and starts wheeling fast down the sidewalk. We're tight on her face. And as the music builds, she goes through a range of emotions. We then pull back to reveal that Isabella is actually up on her feet, running, the wind blowing in her hair. With every step, she pushes harder and runs faster until finally she's sprinting with all her might. We snap back to reality, where we find that Isabella is still in her chair, right in front of her apartment building. She takes out her phone and starts to text her mom. Mom, things aren't going so great. But before she can finish, she's interrupted by a call from an unknown number. She answers it suspiciously. Hello? And we intercut with Wanda's house in the bedroom. Wanda lies in bed with the phone to her ear, Her wife, very tall, a WNBA player, sits beside her, putting on lotion. Just so we're clear, I'm not hiring you because you're going to be the next Oprah. You think you can touch Oprah? Come on, girl. I'm also not hiring you because you're in a wheelchair. I'm hiring you because you take care of business. I need someone who's going to fight for my dinner reservations, negotiate down my internet bill. Mention the cat, babe. Oh, yeah. You got to train my cat. And my cat is a bitch. I'm sorry, but did you just say you're hiring me? You got my attention when you made that fake phone call, but you got the job after you owned that oblivious millennial. You know, you're smart and you're fearless, and I need a little more of that in my world. I can't tell you how excited I am. Yeah, and by the way, I looked it up. That is not how Barbara Streisand got her start. I'll see you next week. Wanda hangs up. Isabella sits there, momentarily stunned. Then she quickly wheels into the apartment building hallway, where she knocks on Melody's door. It immediately opens. How was it? Any gold stars? Not even close. Disaster. But I just found out I got the job. You got the job! And it was because of what happened in the bathroom. But you got the job! This is incredible! Maybe I should start calling out people in bathrooms, too. Okay, we have to celebrate. And my friend Howard has a show at the Abbey. 
and we hear a music cue. I'm so excited by the Pointer Sisters. In an Uber, our girls sit in the back seat, singing joyfully to the music. At the Abbey Valet stand, things are hopping. Isabella waits in the Uber as the driver sets the pieces of her wheelchair on the sidewalk. Melody watches Isabella start to slowly assemble them. Uh, you you need some help with that? That would be amazing. Or are you you're you you're probably good, right? No, I'd love to help. Oh, you're good. No, that's good. You don't you don't need it. That's fine. Nope, I never said that. Melody, you can totally do this. Isabella, I totally cannot. Okay, then prove it. Prove that you can't. And then if I can't prove that I can, it'll prove that I can. I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Grab the wheels and pop them to the side until you hear a click. Fine. Which wheel for which side? Doesn't matter. Well, that's a terrific little bonus. <laughs> Who am I kidding? That doesn't make me feel any better. Melody, you got this. Fine, so like this? I heard a click. We got the click. She puts on the second wheel. We got the click again. Melody high fives a bunch of strangers, then looks concerned. Wait, was that the click? If you pull it and it doesn't pop off, that was the click. Well, they're not popping off. That was the click, we got the click. <laughs> Melody high fives everyone again, then looks back distressed. All right, so what's the hard part? That was it, you did it. I did. You did. Melody starts crying. Oh, come on. Now you stop smiling. Now you stop smiling. This is what my face does when I'm happy. Melody collects herself as she holds the chair steady for her new friend. Once Is Isabella is situated, they head for the entrance and notice a bunch of people waiting to get in. Oh, of course there's a line. No, not when you're with the girl in the wheelchair. I never met a line I couldn't cut. The music builds as our girls pass by the line and are immediately escorted into the club like they're royals. Later that night, in Isabella's apartment, with Melody's help, Howard, dressed in a white velour suit, is setting up his props in front of the couch. This is the third time they've bumped me this month. You think they'd ever bump Rita Menu, or All of the Nightlife, or Patio Furniture, or Amanda Reckon With, or Imagine All the People? Well, well, well now we get a private show. And you can do more than five minutes. Honey, I don't have more than five minutes. Howard hands her a flashlight <laughs> and heads for the bathroom. In the kitchen area, Isabella prepares snacks with Kenny. Just to be clear, I invited you tonight because you're my friend. And and you want to get back together. It's okay. <laughs> no, and because every tradition needs an uh, audience. Uh, well, I got to start somewhere, right? Isabella just looks at Kenny. She knows she can't argue with that. They bring the snacks to the couch where Kenny sits. The lights suddenly go out and we hear Magic by Pilot as a karaoke track. Melody turns on the flashlight, illuminating Howard as he struts in from the bathroom singing. Oh, oh, it's tragic. You know, oh, uh, uh. Never believe it's not so. Ooh, yeah. He, he shoots a fireball from his hand, causing everyone to flinch. They're part oh. entertained and part terrified. It's tragic, Mwah. you know, never believe it's not so. Howard spins in a circle, and in an instant, he has transformed into tragic. Magically, he's now in a beautiful gown with amazing hair and makeup. His audience of three goes wild. As tragic continues, Isabella's phone buzzes. She glances down to see a text from Jason, and then another text. 
I'm an idiot. I hope I get to see you again. Isabella rolls her eyes and then she types. You had your chance. But before she can hit send, more texts from Jason. And also, you're so much more than just pretty. Isabella lets the smallest of smiles slip out. Conflicted, she deletes what she wrote. Maybe he's not so bad. And maybe this was a good day after all. She did get the job, and she did make some pretty great new friends. And isn't it all a good reminder that anything really is possible if you just... Never believe it's not so. Isabella takes a deep breath, her eyes sparkling with exhilaration, excited for the adventure ahead, and we cut to black. End of pilot. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Please come back next week to hear my interview with Santina, Lindsay, and Andrew. It's such a good one. Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and my co-producer Ben Blacker and our associate producer Noah Findling. It is edited and mixed by the incredible Jordan Katz. Hey, if you like this show, I've told you before, I'll tell you again. Not told you. I've asked you politely before. I'm asking politely again. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. And even better, tell a friend about us. You can follow us on social media to find out all the latest. You know, we're doing live shows here and there, so you want to follow us to know about those before it's too late. We're on whatever Twitter's called now, at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilot Society. Until next time, I'm Andrew Reich. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the picket lines. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.